Welcome to Planes, Trains, and Kids Abroad. I'm your host, Erica Budd, and my goal is to inspire you to travel with your kids to other countries. From single parents to families of eight, each experience is different, and each person provides a different perspective. If you like the show, please leave a podcast review and help other listeners to find the show. And don't forget to check out my award-winning picture book, Travel Rangers Mission to Australia, and take your kids on an adventure to learn about the country and culture of Australia. Trust me, your family will not want to miss augmented reality technology that brings the book to life. Now, let's meet our next guest. Okay, so today on the show, I am so excited to have Ashley Winfield on the show. Hi. You're so um, I loved Ashley's story, so I'm, I'm sure you're going to find it quite fascinating as well. Um, so Ashley's a high school teacher. She's originally from Hampton, Virginia. She actually moved to the UAE August of 2020 with her little son, Brandon. He was only one at the time. And she's actually been, she's back home now. She just got home last July, but what an experience. So I can't wait to share it with you and, and kind of dig into how and why and all that good stuff. So, um, Ashley, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. I'm really excited. It's so cute. I love it because Ashley is <laughs> at school as we speak between periods to, to be on this show. So thank you. She's and you were even wearing a shirt. Are you wearing a yeah. T-shirt from yes, what does it say? Your shirt is what language is that? I want to make sure. It's in Arabic. So it's in Arabic, Arabic, and it has Arabic in top, and then anything is possible. Love it. Yes. I love it. And I love that you're wearing that to school, too. Does, did the kids ask you questions? Yeah, they said, what does that even mean? And I was like, it says, it means anything's possible. That's all. Like it says in English. And they were like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, but I love that. You're wearing something to kind of question, you know, what is that? It's a different language and, yes. and a conversation. So I love that. So welcome to the show. Like I said, I'm very excited to have you here. So let's kind of get into your decision to move. How did you choose the UAE? I had a friend in college who um, was living in Abu Dhabi, and I would see her traveling to Spain, different parts of Africa. And so I just asked her, hey, what did you do to move over there? It seems like you're having a great time. And she was like, Ashley, I'm actually teaching over here. And I was like, oh, tell me more. So she told me about a program called teachaway.com. And I sat on it for about three years. And I, I was scared. I was like, oh, I don't know if I should do this. I applied to some jobs had interviews, was just too scared. Um, the year before the pandemic, I made the decision, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going okay, to- Okay, so let me let me stop you there. Had you ever traveled out of the country before? Only to like the Bahamas and to like Mexico. Okay. Puerto Rico, that's it. But going across the pond- Yeah, yeah it's, it's a big deal. Say, yeah. Never. <laughs> wow. Okay. So I can understand. I mean, three years, it's it's- you're thinking about it because it looks it looks interesting, right? I mean, that yeah. was and she looked like she was having fun and three years. And, and I like to say that because, you know, there's a lot of parents out there that are like, this sounds great, but I just don't think I can do it. So yes. a lot of people are like that. And then they push themselves to do it. So it was I felt like the the, the push to, to move because that be, when I was sitting on it, I was I didn't have a child. So. That was interesting that I felt this push to go ahead and go. And so I, I applied for the job. Um, they called me immediately and said, you're going to have an interview um, in Atlanta, Georgia. Can you be there in a week? And so I called out of work and was like, I'm going to be out on this day. And me, my sister and my at that time, he was not even one yet. Um, my son was a few months old. We drove down to Atlanta, Georgia did the interview and drove right back and I was offered the job on the spot. And I was like, all right, I'm moving to Dubai. It was meant, that just meant it was meant to be right. Yeah. And, and so what, what pushed you to finally take that leap though? It was just like something in my gut that was telling me it's time to try something new. I was at the school that I was at for the fourth school year. You know, I liked the school, but I felt like there was more out there for me. And I just kept seeing my college friend just, doing all these cool things and know that she was doing that as a teacher, I was like, okay. Then I kept seeing more people because I started joining different Facebook groups that were teachers who um, moved to different countries. And I'm like, they're having such an amazing time. I want to be them. (laughs) No, I was like, okay, I took the big leap. And, and you trusted your gut, though. I mean, yeah, it yes. took you a couple of years, but you still trusted. I want more for my life. And a lot of people, I think that's what travel 
does for a lot of parents. It's, it's, I want more, you know, and, and I want to share this with my kid too, because it's interesting that you didn't feel that push until after Brandon was born too. It's crazy to me. Maybe it was postpartum. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. I got it. There's more, there has to be more than just this. And you followed it. So good for you. And I know you said you did it during the pandemic, which was even more interesting on top of that, because you didn't even think that you'd be able to do it, right? No, I didn't. I was like stuck and kind of in limbo. And my job, I had already resigned. They was like, we'll give you your job back because the pandemic, you know, you're not sure if you'll be able to go. And I said, you know what? Nope, I'm going to take my chances. Wow, look at you. You're brave. Okay. Yeah, I'm super brave. I'm I'm shocked at myself still to this day. Because <laughs> that's not you. But I, I love that. It's not yeah. that's not who you usually are. And you still followed your gut and you we pushed yourself. So good for you. Now I know you said the resources you use. So teachaway.com. And I know that's they have job fairs. You you mentioned like multiple cities throughout the country, right? They do job fairs. So they, um, you get to, on their website, you can actually pick which country you want to actually apply for. And within that, they'll pick different cities. So the city that I, I applied for Dubai, but during my interview, I learned it's very expensive to live there. So I picked a city that was outside of Dubai, um, which is Ras Al Khaimah. And so it was about 40, 45 minutes away. And it's, I'm glad I did it because it's very busy in Dubai and I'm more okay. of a kind of relaxed. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, in the mountains by the beach. It was very beautiful, but I still had that city feel. If I wanted it, I could just drive 45 minutes and I was I was there. So it ended up working out for you. But that's good to know, though. So people can pick the destination where they want to go. Um, they can go to job fairs. And I know you said that in many countries, teachers are in high demand. Yes, very high demand. Um, I had interviews with countries, I mean, not countries, cities in um, China. Um, I had an interview with some places in South America, everywhere you can think of, they have, have they're looking for teachers, even in Dubai. So if you still, I get called still. <laughs> so interested. Teachers everywhere, it's a, it's a high demand. Well, and you said specifically, uh, especially American teachers are in high demand. Because yeah. everyone wants the um, a piece of the American dream. So to have an American teacher teaching your child gives a certain level of prestige um, to the schools. Um, a lot of uh, parents, they wanted their students in my class because I was the American teacher. So See, isn't that fascinating? And when I was speaking with you, I was like, oh, wow, there's somewhere in the world that actually likes Americans. <laughs> you found that one place. I had no idea. I didn't think anywhere in the world liked Americans. So it was uh, I was happy to hear that. And we'll get more into that because you were treated on a whole different level just because you're American. So we will definitely get into that because I found that quite interesting. So, OK, the move. You went during COVID, you had problems in France. What happened there? So because in America, our COVID tests take forever at that time to get back, you had 72 hours to have your results in order to transit through the countries. So when I was in Paris, I was on that cusp of my results expiring. So when I showed them my my ticket, first they were kind of shocked as to why I had a one-way ticket. So uh-huh. that rung an alarm. So I had my offer letter showing, hey, I have a new job. I'm moving. And the lady was like, nope, your results are now expired. Step out of line. And I was oh, like, no. what? She was like, you can come back tomorrow. I was like, ma'am, I'm not even from here. I don't know where to go. I just came from <laughs> D.C. Like, I, I have no idea. And yeah. so I stepped out of line. And I tried not to panic. I went to another lady. And she was like, no, your results are fine. The lady said something to her in French. And when she was like, I'm sorry, she won't let you on the plane. And so I was like, well, what am I supposed to do? She was like, you have to leave out of the airport and try again tomorrow. So I immediately called my mom. I emailed my um, HR um, point of contact. So he was trying to figure out what to do. Like, like, do I book you a hotel and rebook your flight? Like, what do I do? And um, I told him, wait. So my mom is trying to get in contact with the embassy. And then something is telling me, like, do not leave the airport. So I get back in line again. The lady's like, no, I'm not letting you on the plane. And by this point, they're pulling away, like, the gate to the plane. Oh, so this I, is the same flight? The same, same flight? Okay. Flight. okay. And so at this point, I'm in tears. I'm yeah. just, like, crying. And so I went to another lady, and I'm like, all of my things are on this plane. 
I'm moving to Dubai and I can't leave the airport. I have nowhere to go. I'm not from here. And some people did think I was from there because other people were pulled out of the line because of their results. So they came to me speaking in French and I'm just like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so thankfully I was able to get in contact with the supervisor and he was like, ignore the lady at the line. I'm going to escort you to the plane. Your results are fine. Oh my goodness. How stressful. It was very stressful. The plane was delayed about an hour. So you lucked out there, right? I, I lucked out big time and they ended up giving away my seats. So I'm going on the plane and I'm crying. And one gentleman saw me. He was like, you can take my seat. No one is sitting beside me and I'll take the other seat. And I was so thankful. And all the stewardess just kept coming and checking on me and making sure I was okay. Because I was just, I just knew that they were just going to like not let me on the plane. Yeah. At the time, I'm like, maybe it's because what President Trump said about France, is that it? Because I was literally <laughs> the only American like in line. And so you felt like you were kind of were punished. Of, huh? They were European, the only American from what I could see in line. Everyone and you never know. Was, I mean, that's a fair no. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, no. But thankfully, I was able to get on the flight. And I was so happy. Um, they had when I ended up getting to the UAE, they just had me take another COVID test. They didn't care that it was expired. They made everyone take another yeah, COVID yeah. test. So oh, it was, it and was it makes me so happy to hear that people on the flight were so nice to you. Like every time I hear stories like that, it's like gives me hope that there's still good in the world and people yeah. have to like really don't give up on us because you know there's still good people so out good. there. Yes, <laughs> they're so good out there. It made me feel so much better, too, because it was my first time traveling internationally this far of a distance. Yeah, I know. Look <laughs> at you. A huge deal. You have your baby. You're like making a huge move. Yeah, you're, you're trying to be brave. And here you are doing this. OK, wow. That's that's kudos to you. You you did it. You made it. So, yes. OK, <laughs> now I know um, the move. Like I said, you actually you did make me think of one question. So you're flying okay. there. What did you do with your stuff? So um, my everything that I had in my my home, I put it in storage and I, and I own a home. So I end up renting it out. And okay. so I end up bringing with me seven suitcases. OK, so two of them were with toys. <laughs> One fair. suitcase was like household items like plates, cups. Oh, really? Um, yes. And like different seasonings because I was doing research and there were some things that cost more over there or they just don't have. Yeah. So different seasonings I brought with me, certain like like syrup, um, the Aunt Jemima syrup, because I knew it wasn't going to be over there. Grits. I brought grits with mm. me, things like that, that I knew wasn't going to be over there. And a few clothes. I feel like I, I could buy clothes when I got there. So not too much of clothes, but more of things that would be household items that I figured I wouldn't have when I would be over there. And that's smart too. I mean, you think two two suitcases of toys is a lot, but I think that was smart because you're gives your son a sense of normalcy. Like it's what he knows. Yeah. It's it's home. It's comfort. So that I think that was smart. So okay, now I have to ask you though, you travel step. How did you move around with just you and your baby and your seven suitcases? So it was very difficult. So thankfully, my mom helped me with checking everything in. Yeah. Um, and in transit, I didn't have to recheck anything and it was good to go. Um, when it was when I landed, the school actually had someone meet me. Oh, good. So the they actually you can pay someone to carry your luggage. So I paid a gentleman to pack up all six of my seven of my suitcases and he pushed it to the van that the school was had waiting for. Me. Well, that's good to know. One, that's you can have someone help you. And two, the school was there to pick you up. So, I mean, you did have a lot of it taken yeah. care of for you because could you imagine being at the airport and not <laughs> trying to do all that by yourself? Yeah. That would have been a nightmare. <laughs> Plus, you have a car yeah. seat, too, right? Oh, the car seat, they told me not to worry about that I could get it there. So they said, travel without it because um, you can get one when you get here. They were like, that part, don't worry. And then surprisingly, in the UAE, they don't have like seat suit like a child seat law I bought one when I got here for my safety but they don't have laws as of yet for that so interesting that's interesting mm -hmm. okay the country's only 50 years old so it's it's fairly new with trying to you know get to where everyone else is yeah no that's interesting because <laughs> I don't I don't I don't even think about that so 
Um, and you're going to educate us a little bit more on that area. So a little and coming up soon. But um, I know you said the move was really easy for your son. So I think this is something good for people to remember um, because your son was so young. You said it was an easy transition for him, right? Yes. He didn't know anything different. He just thought that was the new home because he was only about one and a half. So he was like, okay, this is home now. <laughs> Which I think you don't think about those things, but that's a good. If anybody's thinking about a move, if you if you still have little ones, it's a great time to do it. Um, and I know before we kind of move into life in, in the UAE, you said that before, like the transition itself, what made it easier for you? I know you mentioned Facebook groups and really helps you, right? Yes. So there's a Facebook group called um, Black Educators in Dubai, and I joined the group and I had put in the group that I would be going to this school. Was there anyone in the group that works at that school? And I started getting like three or four like responses. And they were like, I do, I do. And so I ended up getting in contact with one of the teachers who's now like we're best friends. Oh. Um, I wanna, they're, gonna, they're actually in America now. They just came. Oh, so um, they were able to set me up with a nanny. Um, they made sure that I had groceries. Um, since I was on um, two weeks of quarantine, they made sure all that was taken care of wow. when I arrived. So I kept in contact with three teachers that were at the school. That's wonderful. How nice. And, and it's amazing to me how Facebook, I know a lot of people think of it, you know, for that social reason, but the groups, there's so many groups on there that you would never even think about. Like, I've only been introduced to the groups yeah. about a year ago because I was never huge on Facebook. But now, I mean, there's so many groups out there that it's like, wow, you can really find something for everyone wherever you're going. I mean, I never would have thought of typing that in for a group and you found it. That's wonderful. OK, so Facebook groups. And, and what about um, what helped you kind of overcome your home, your homesickness? I honestly talk to my mom on Zoom every day and I would leave it on and she would be at work and she would hear me cooking. She would, you know, hear me like doing work. And sometimes I would talk to her, but she just to have her hear her voice the entire time. We may talk for like an hour. But the vast majority of the time she was doing her own thing. I was doing my own thing and the computer was just up, just up. <laughs> that's I've never heard of anybody doing that. But that's a great idea because it just makes you feel it gives you home. It makes you feel like she's not too far away. And I'm sure it helped her as well. It did. Because she said she couldn't, you know, she's like, you're my oldest and you're so far away. And that was a comfort for her to make sure that I was safe. So mm -hmm. I just every time I came home. I logged in on Zoom. I sent her a link. She would sign in. And because I had my teacher account, I, there wasn't a limit. <laughs> so we would just be logged in all day. And if I went somewhere, she'd be like, take me to the grocery store with you. So I'll just switch it to my phone. Oh, and I'll have my so phone and we'll go grocery shopping <laughs> together. And she'll say, it's the screen. I want to see. I want to see. So anything I did, she was just right there on the phone. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. And I love that she was interested to see, like, flip it around. I want to see. <laughs> uh -huh. That's great. I love that. That's so cute. Okay, now let's talk about life in, in the United Arab Emirates. So I just mumbled that United Arab Emirates. There you go. I kind okay. of want to just start with educating us a little bit, mainly because I, I know I needed you to educate me and I'm, I'm assuming other people don't really understand how the Emirates work. And so if you could kind of start with that. So many people believe the country is very strict strict in certain areas. So if you live where kind of like where the locals are, they want you to not I mean you still dress how you want to dress, but just be mindful um, that it may be offensive to other people. So I never wore like extremely short shorts, even though they don't care if you do, but I just was trying to be mindful. So they're very lenient on that. Um, at one point you couldn't be of opposite sex and live together if you were not married. That has now changed. Mm -hmm. um, at one point, you could not birth in that country if you weren't married. That has now changed. Wow. So mm -hmm. a lot of things were strict at one point. It's now more open because they're being more tolerant. They had a year of tolerance where the um, the king of that time wanted people to kind of be kind of accepting of other people of different backgrounds in order to, you know, create cohesiveness. So they had a year of tolerance. 
When did that change? Um, I want to say within the last five years. The last okay. five years. All in the last changed. five years. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so they're more open um, to different cultures, more open to, you know, it's okay if you're not Muslim. Even around Christmas, you can buy Christmas trees. Mm-hmm. And okay. some, there's, it's, they kind of have things that kind of celebrate Christmas as well. So even though they don't celebrate it, they have activities for people who do. So it's it's really, really welcoming. Very family oriented. People might not know that, but they take really good care of mothers and children. They have lines for mothers, lines for children that are separated from men. Um, and we kind of get preferential treatment, which I, I really, really enjoy. Um, to kind of get spoiled so, a little bit as a as a as a mother. Yes, you do. The the men will always open the doors for you, especially if they see you pushing a stroller and there's not a man with you. They're going to assume your husband is not there. They don't automatically assume that you're single. They assume you're married. They'll open the door for you. The um, people who bag your groceries will take them to your car. They're very welcoming and very open. So I, I people think, oh, it's a Muslim country is super strict. You'll have to cover. No. As a teacher, the rule was I had to have at least a quarter of a sleeve. Mm-hmm. I couldn't show cleavage. And that's how it is in high school. You can't show cleavage. Yeah. And then when I sat down, my skirt had to cover my knee. Okay. Other than that, which is very reasonable, especially as a teacher. But that's very reasonable. And that's that's good to know, because you're right. A lot of people hear or believe or think that. Um, Muslim countries are very strict, so that's interesting to know. Now, back up a little bit, though. Educate mm-hmm. us a little bit more on the different states and 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 emirates and what emirates are, and kind of back up a little bit more and educate us there too. Well, a lot of people think Dubai is a country, but it's not. It's actually a state or an emirate. So, um, the country United Arab Emirates has seven different emirates that used to be individual countries, but Sheikh Zayed wanted to bring them all together and create one country. And so the seven different emirates are Dubai, Abu Dhabi, Alain, um, Sharjah, Amalquane, and oh, Fujairah, and Ras al-Khaimah. So those are the seven different emirates. I stayed in Ras al-Khaimah, which is at the tip of the country in the mountains. So we consider the United Arab Emirates as one country, and then mm-hmm. basically there's seven the Emirates are seven states basically. Yeah. Okay. And, and they're kind of kind of like they they kind of switch it back and forth. They say Emirates, they say city, but technically within the state or the Emirate, there are little cities too. So it can be confusing. Okay. But I just say they're Emirates. And keep it like that. <laughs> no, and thank you, because I really was not aware. I mean, like you said, most people are familiar with Abu Dhabi and Dubai. But yeah, we assume it's their own, it's, a, it's own country. So thank you for kind of clarifying that. Um, now, let's talk a little bit about the power of the American passport there. Yes. So they love Americans there. So because um, I'm American, I got preferential treatment. Once people heard my voice, people would like move me to a different part part of the line or their attitude would change for me. So some people, because they saw that I was black, they assumed that I was African. And unfortunately there, Africans and Filipinos, they don't get really treated as nicely as other people. But when someone heard my voice, they automatically changed their tone and was like, oh, you're from America. What part are you from? I had training here at such and such. And that's when I learned that uh, our military trains their military, and we work together as countries. Yeah. Had no idea. Yeah. So a lot of their um, military, when they when they first join, a lot of them get shipped to like um, Michigan, Virginia. I forgot what other state. A lot. Oh, of they actually get shipped to America to train. Yes, oh, I just train. assumed we were going out there to train, but oh, they get shipped. No, they come to us. Yes. Huh? There And I had no idea until I spoke with a lot of the different parents or the people that I interacted with. And yeah. so when they heard my voice, they knew exactly where I was from. And they were like, oh, in 94, I was training in, in Virginia. And I was like, I'm from Virginia. And so then that was a whole conversation that would be sparked. Um, and so when people heard my voice, 
completely different treatment. Oh, come this way. Let me show you this, or let's do this, or I have these deals. <laughs> so it was, it was very interesting. And same as a teacher. When parents found out that their child had an American teacher, my parent-teacher conferences were not about the child. It's about talking about America, which I think is really funny. Forget my child. I just want to know about America. (laughs) Yes. Well, and you also said like the kids, when they found out you were coming, like your classes were in such high demand, all the classes, all the kids wanted to move your classes, right? My classes end up being like 30 kids and my coworkers will have like 15 where I, they just all just moved to my class and it was crazy. I was like, I can't take anymore. We're full. And they're like, we, we understand you don't have any more desk. <laughs> wow. But that's interesting. Like I said, I'm still, I'm still shocked by all that because I'm just not used to anywhere liking Americans. So I think my, it's my driver's license. Other countries, if you were from another country, you would have to go to driving school, pay this crazy amount of money. I paid a hundred dollars, took an eye exam and they gave me my license. Which is scary too, but <laughs> because I mean, I guess, American I guess it's, it's, uh, rules for driving are more strict than other countries. Okay, and that makes sense because I'm I'm forgetting. Yeah, they're assuming. I mean, you already have. They're verifying you have that American driver's license, and then so it's not scary, I guess, because you do know how to drive. Do they? Which side of the road do they drive on? They drive on the same that we do. They drive on the okay. the right side of the road. So they okay. have everything kind of follows how our rules are. And they also follow the British roundabouts. There are roundabouts everywhere. <laughs> okay. Okay. Which a lot of countries do have roundabouts. You get used to them, though. You do get used to them. Yeah, I kind of like them. I kind of think they're fun, honestly. I'm not going to lie. They had them a lot in Australia, too. And at first, they were very intimidating. But then it became like that. You remember that Atari game? I'm dating myself. Frogger. There was a game yes. of Frogger. And I'm just like trying to weave my yes, way <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly that's how I, I so I like I think and they're efficient too they really are efficient mm-hmm. if you know how to do them that's the problem though is they're introducing them more in the states but they're not teaching anybody how to do them so yeah they're kind of scary when you don't know like you're driving with people that don't know how to do them but anyway we're very off but I think it's I'm with you <laughs> um now I know one of the things when you learned when you're being when you were a teacher was like how the children, and this is more of just out of this interest, interesting, but the children that your students, how they would receive money from the government at certain milestones. I found that interesting. Yeah. So after they graduated from high school and they had a certain GPA, um, which was a 3.0, if I'm not mistaken, um, they could go to any college of their choosing. As long as they got accepted, the government would pay for it. And if and this is for Emiratis, so the, those who have lineage in the country. So there are children who are born in the United Arab Emirates, but they do not honor that. They honor what their passport says. They'll be a citizen of that country. But if their parents are citizens of the United Arab Emirates, then they get kind of like a lot of great benefits. So they get money for when they get married, they get money for their first son, every son they have, they get discounted on their utilities, um, they get free land from the government and oh, that wow. land they can use to build their home. Um, they get money for like they get cheaper like discounts, like for when they go grocery shopping and things like that. Um, so they have different like programs that benefit those who are from that country. It's like a welfare program, but the opposite. And it kind of keeps their natives rich, in my opinion, um, because it they get money for all kinds of things and they're, they're paid more as well because they're from the country. They only make up 25% of the country. 75% are expats. Interesting. I didn't know that either. Most of India. So a lot of people don't know that. So when they see all the rich things, it's a small group of people. It's not the entire country. And you said, you said most of the 75% are, are from India which I didn't realize that as well. So I imagine another reason to give them all this money is to encourage them to stay in their own, is to stay, right? Yeah. Also to grow their population. Exactly. It's it's not that many of them. And a lot of them, um, they, from my students told me that you get more money if you marry someone who's Emirati um, versus someone who's not. So it's to kind of encourage, to kind of grow their population because it's so small. 
I understand. I mean, that makes sense. But I found that very interesting. And now speaking of money, which I thought was great as well as a teacher there. I mean, you had like a lot of things paid for as well, right? Yes. I had a lot of amazing benefits, which made staying there like a paid vacation. Yeah. So with the job, I basically got the same salary I have now. Um, It was just more because I didn't have to pay taxes. And I didn't have to pay rent. They had supplied me a furnished apartment, which is huge. Yes. And they pay utilities. So the only thing I had to pay was for my Wi-Fi and cable, a cell phone and a rental for my car. Oh, and my son's nanny. That's it. Well, even the nanny, though, your nanny, like you would never even think about a nanny, but it was so affordable out there that you couldn't. Affordable. Can't pass it. Yeah, you couldn't pass it. So during the pandemic, a lot of the nurseries is what that's what they call their daycares. Um, they were closed. So a lot of those teachers had nowhere to go um, because your job is tied to your past, to your your work visa. So they had to find employment elsewhere. So that's how I got my nanny. She worked at a nursery. They were closed. So she needed employment because they weren't like America passing out stimulus checks and things like that. It was like either you had a job or you didn't have any money. So they had to find employment elsewhere. So me and my friend, we shared our nanny. And so we decided to pay her. I think it was about four hundred dollars a piece, something like that, four or five hundred dollars a piece. And she did everything for us. She cleaned our homes. She did our laundry. She made our beds. (laughs) It was amazing. And then the second year, um, my friends ended up getting a job somewhere else. So I paid the cost for both of us. So that way she didn't have a a decrease in income because you had the extra money. So it was exactly not paying for rent. You're still paying less than rent for nanny to do everything for you and take care of your child for you, which child care is usually outrageous. Yes. So she did it all meal prepped. She would, if I, if she saw that I didn't have meal something, she would cook dinner sometimes. I already cooked dinner for you. She asked, how do you do like, how do you do Brandon's hair? I taught her how to do Brandon's hair. So she would wash it, detangle it and do it. She's like, don't worry about giving him a bath at night. I'll give him one in the morning. Don't worry about setting out his clothes. I'll pick out his clothes. She did everything. What a huge help. We, yeah, I just, that's kind of nice. Like you were spoiled for the time you were there. You really yes. were, weren't you? Yes. Coming home to a clean house and her friends were kind of low-key like shocked because she was getting paid double what they were getting paid and to do less work. Because the, the minimum amount that you they usually get paid is about 250 to $300, which oh, is wow. not a lot per month. It's a lot in, you know, their eyes, but for me, that that wasn't fair. So she got paid way more than her friends. On top of, she worked less hours than her friends. So when I got off of work, she would be off. But her friends would be working until about seven because legally you could work them 12 hours a day, six days a week. That's not fair to me. And when I was off, she was off. And I gave her paid vacations and I paid her through the summer. Oh, she loved you. So, but Love it was for you. both of you. It was a win-win for both of you, right? Yeah. I mean, well, you I'll pay you for too. the whole month. I'll pay you for the summer. That's no no worries. Because you're taking good care of my son. She's potty trained him, taught him his ABCs, his colors, because she's a teacher. Yeah. So, it was a wow. win. Wow. <laughs> oh, that wasn't. And then to come home to your like, man, where's my nanny? <laughs> I can't even imagine what that's like. So, we'll talk about that a little bit. But I yeah. can't even imagine to be spoiled so much and then to come home and it's like, Man, <laughs> to go back would be so hard. Um, okay, before we get into that, though, one of the things that really surprised me as well was how safe you felt and how kind everybody was. So talk a little bit about that. Safety was top notch. And it's sad that I have to now teach my son these things to kind of stop him from being a kid and kind of taint him. Because overseas, I could walk at night by myself at any time as a woman and no one bother me. My son could roam free anywhere in a store and no one would bother him. Actually, people are watching. Like we're all kind of like a village in a sense. Everyone's keeping an eye on 
the children. But you had to learn that though, because if when you first moved over there, you were typical American, can't leave my son, like yes. keep an eye on him, don't let him like he has to behave. Doing that. People yeah. heard me saying, Brandon, stay close by, hold my hand. I'll never forget mothers would come to me and say, It's okay. You're safe now. Cause they knew from the Emiratis knew from my voice that I was American and the troubles and things that we experienced because they watched mm. the news. Yeah. They hear how scary it is. And they'll tell me, you're safe now. Don't worry. I even had a police officer tell me, you're safe. You don't have to worry. Because I would tense up as a, a Black American. I would get scared because it was just a habit. And I learned to like, it's okay. My son could run to the next aisle. I was in a grocery store and my son wanted chips. And the lady in the store opened the bag and said, he's hungry. Let him eat it. I could not do that in America. They would assume that we're trying to steal the chips. But yeah, I mean, I just, I imagine that would be so difficult to kind of change your whole mindset. It's like, because you, you, you were saying that you could just, parents, you could just see them, they would leave their carts with their purse and their kid to like run to another aisle real quick to get something and come right back. And yeah. that was normal. Like, it I couldn't even normal. imagine doing that. Seeing that was crazy. Seeing kids just roaming around, I was like on alert, like someone's going to take them. And yeah. my friend Keisha was like, Ashley, it's going to be okay. She says, you know what? Let's do this. So we went grocery shopping and we went to, I, the grocery stores are in the mall. So we went to H&M afterwards. And so when we went to H&M, she said, leave your things right here. And I was like, outside the store, said, I mean, outside, the store. outside of the store yeah. before even entering in. So in the hallway part. And she said, in, a mall. Leave, in the You're mall, your cart. Yeah. leave the cart leave Brandon there full of groceries, mind you, with our purse. She said, just grab your wallet. And we went inside and we shopped, came back. Things were still there. Brandon's still on his tablet, not paying us any mind. That would be so hard to get used to. Oh, that would be so hard to get used to. Yes. And so I got used to it kind of quickly because everyone kept telling me, it's okay. Just leave it. And so I would leave my son in one aisle if another aisle was full of people and I'd like, you know, pushing through everyone. I would leave him in one aisle, go to the next one, grab what I need and come back. Even if he wasn't with me, I would leave my purse, go and grab. I'll never forget. I had my son with me. I was putting my stuff in my car. Did not know I left my wallet inside of the cart. Went home. Three days later, I realized that I did not have my wallet. I had to retrace my steps, went to the different malls. It wasn't any of those. Went to one more mall. And they were like, we've been waiting for you. You left this a couple of days ago. It's in the safe. They went in the safe, grabbed my wallet and everything. All of my money, my passport was in there, all of my credit cards, everything in my wallet. Not one thing touched. Not one. See, and I think there's a couple of things. It's like, one, I think we don't know Americans. I should say, shouldn't say we. Americans tend not to know about other countries until you visit them, right? And and that's the whole point of this podcast is to encourage people to travel as much as possible to other countries. But we don't know. So, like, a lot of Middle Eastern countries have a negative reputation, right? Uh, either being too strict or being scary to be in, right? And it's just complete opposite yes. of what it really is. And that just goes to show you, you don't know, like don't go off of everything you hear on the news mm -hmm. until you get there. Don't be judging because it's completely different when you're actually there. And and everything you're saying, I couldn't even fathom leaving my son. I, I'm still scared. Like next year he's going to start walking home by himself. And we live in a safe neighborhood and I still don't feel safe because yes. bad things happen in safe neighborhoods safe quote-unquote safe neighborhoods yeah. too it doesn't matter where you are anymore in the states it doesn't you know obviously as americans we have to worry about our kids going to school which is supposed to be safe like i couldn't even imagine at the grocery store leaving leaving my child in a cart my purse forget that like my child like that's that's unfortunately that's it's part so of normal. our reality is is yeah. you so to be that's just how freeing that would be. <laughs> it was very freeing. And so it's hard now because my son is used to roaming. Yeah. And now I'm like training at a state book spy. Someone will take you and he'll be like, no, they won't. I'm okay. And I'm just like, oh no. And yeah. over, over there, he's used to going up to strangers, giving them hugs because strangers would give him hugs because seeing a black boy was not the norm. 
So when they did see them, they, people wanted to give him hugs Aww. and um, pray, you know, that no evil would come around him, that he was protected. And so he's used to that. So when he sees people, he goes up to them and try to give them hugs. And immediately Americans are like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, what is your son doing? <laughs> yeah. And I hate that. I hate that you have to teach him to be hard again. You yeah. know, I hate that. Um, and what I also hate is that you have to teach him because back here, you do have to worry about people taking advantage of that. So you don't only have to worry about him for safety, but you have to teach him be hard. You can't go up to people. You can't trust people. Oh my gosh, I hate that. And it's, it's interesting because until you were telling, we were talking about all this, I didn't realize how much that's ingrained in who we are and raising our kids. That's just how it is. Yes. And I never realized that that's a part of our culture and that's a sad part of our culture, but it's just what you do, who you are. And God, I hate that. So it was, it was, you know, there was so freeing. So it's been a struggle yeah. being back because that sense of just being free to be me <laughs> and not worry. I don't have that, like that safety net anymore. Yeah. Well, let's, let's, so wonderful yeah, just, let's, let's transition to kind of more of that about as we kind of wrap up, everything you've learned from this experience? So for me, I learned that the Middle East is actually not as bad as what people seem. Mm -hmm. When you go to visit Dubai, you can have a great time there. You can still, if you drink alcohol, you can drink alcohol. If you're worried about wearing a bikini at the beach, you can wear a bikini at the beach. (laughs) It's okay. Um, They don't mind you holding hands. They don't mind PDA. It's just don't, just still be respectful. Don't overdo it <laughs> they're yeah, so very making out on the corner where yeah. you're just like, okay, come on like, now don't relax. do that but if you give your husband or your significant other a kiss it's it's completely okay um it's not as bad as it it used to be and how it used to be people still have that stigmatism with it and it's it's not it's not that anymore they're very welcoming over there and if you want to teach overseas definitely take that leap Look at the benefits and see what they offer and pick the best one that will fit you. Um, They offer some where they pay more, but they don't cover your utilities. They may give you money for housing instead. But to live in a country, not pay taxes. I still did my American taxes, but nothing came out. Um, But it was just it's great to not have to pay any bills except for, you know, the small things, having a nanny. So if those are some major things that I learned there and it gave me a freedom to kind of try more things. So yeah. now I want to try another country. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Are you looking into that? Yeah. I'm, I'm so I'm so excited about trying something else now because it, it opened my eyes. I didn't know how well you're treated as an American. And so to see that our passport really opens the door to other places, it was just amazing. Um, so I definitely encourage anyone to take that leap. Don't be scared. Try some Facebook groups, do your research, watch different YouTube videos like these that give personal experiences and just try it out. The worst case scenario, you don't like it. You can come back home. (laughs) Well, and speaking of that, though, you could have stayed if you wanted to. So it's not like you like they like you said, they're still calling you. You came back home for personal reasons. But just to kind of make it clear, you could still be there. So it's not like you don't have like a a term, I guess, limit. No, I don't. So I had a three year contract. I cut it short because my grandmother, she ended up having cancer. So I came home. Um, to be her caregiver and help take care of her. And she ended up passing in um, November of last year. But if she was still fine and well, I would be in Dubai right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I came yeah. home for family reasons. But if that wasn't the case, oh, I would still be over there because I was having an amazing time. I, we would do a, a random weekend watching the sunset on a yacht. I would I did skydiving. I did the world's longest zip lining. I had breakfast with giraffes. Wow. I did, did brunch all the time and brunch there, depending on where you do it. Some are 21 and up. Some are actually you can bring your family. So I would have all you can eat food and drinks. And my son would be right there with me dancing on the dance floor. Oh, how cute. It's very family oriented. So some things you can bring your kids, some things you can't. 
Oh my gosh. I love that. I, I, I can't even imagine how you're not like itching to get out and how you're not struggling so much to be here after all oh, that. I've been taking trips. I'm going back to Dubai in July for two weeks. <laughs> and I went to Costa Rica two weeks ago to see if that was a country that I want to stay with. It was very beautiful paradise, but it was a little too paradise. I need, I need a little bit more city. There you go. But that's good. You're kind of checking it out, right? Yes. Oh, I love it. Now, the only other thing I want to kind of add to that is you said it's you noticed that it, you're more stressed now that you're back in America. So can you kind of speak about that? Because I was that was very interesting to me. The transition back has been very hard. Um, I would say living overseas, I was more stress free. Um, I feel like a cloud of sadness here. Um, I feel like we're always on the go. Time seems to be longer over there. Back home, I feel like we're always on the go. Really are. I'm really. always moving. Um, I have not been able to adjust to the food as well. My skin started to break out more. Oh, that's interesting. Because um, overseas, I didn't know how this real size of a chicken wing was and a chicken leg was until I was over there. They are tiny. I didn't realize how they, because of the trying to get the food, you know, animals to grow faster and put yeah, the hormones and all of that. Yeah. How they grow the chicken much bigger. It's so much different. The food over there tastes way better to me. McDonald's tastes better over there. <laughs> well, imagine if they have higher food standards that yes. all restaurants have to uphold these standards, yes. which means if you're saying that, then they don't use hormones in their foods. And then the quality is better, which way better. I'm struggling finding um, right types of water to drink. They still taste funny to me. I miss the water over there. Um, I'm just still trying to adjust to just life back here. It's just very stressful here. And I didn't really have that stress. I had a little bit of stress of watching different things happening in America and being concerned as a human being. But lifestyle wise, it was very stress free. So coming home and now I have to it's normal for us to come home as a parent and turn on as a um, as a mom, cook, clean, do homework um, as a teacher, do whatever work that you need. We're over there. I came home. My house was clean. I didn't have to really. I, gr- I did have time at school to grade. So if I graded at home it's because I wanted to. Why is that then? Sorry to interrupt, but why mm-hmm. is that? Like, why did you have more te- time as a teacher in school to do you things? Longer work days over there. So uh-huh. I would get home probably four or five o'clock. Okay. So I had two to three hours after school with no kids. So uh-huh. I had time to do my work at work. So that's, I mean, your days were longer, but at the same time, it kind of worked out because you were able to focus at work. And then when you're home, you were able to focus at home versus bringing your work home. Exactly. And that's, that's interesting because you would think a lot of people go, oh, I don't want the longer work day. But if you think about it, you're more efficient and then you're a better parent when you're home because you're able yes. to be there. Yeah. They take family like very seriously. Um, so that was a big change. The only thing that was overseas that I didn't like, but I like here was how they do time off. You, there was no such thing as personal time off there. Okay. You could only be off if you were sick and your doctor had to give a note notarized. So wow. that was the okay. only thing. Other than that, perfect. <laughs> but I imagine as well, I feel like as Americans, because like you said, we're so busy, we need it more. Like we need that time off more. So it sounds like you were so happy every day. It's like, Yes, I mean, it would be nice, but at the same time, you weren't as stressed, so you didn't need it as much. Yeah, and things were, to me, cheaper over there to a certain extent. I'll say for Americans and how much expensive things are here compared to there, it was cheaper in a sense for some things. So, like, I couldn't rent a yacht for the sunset on a random Saturday and pay $100. Did you really? Yeah, I paid $100 to rent it for, like, it was a shared rental with other people, but it was only yeah, like maybe three still. people with me. A hundred dollars. Oh wow! How cool is and that? Sunset and seeing the the different like Atlantis and the palms and all that, or just going to the Burj Khalifa just to have tea and maybe spending you know forty or fifty dollars. Yeah, it would have been hundreds. 
Wow. How neat. What a wonderful experience. Well, I really can't wait to see where your next adventure takes you. Are you are you trying for this year? Um, I'm not sure yet. I'm trying to because Brandon now is getting used to like being here and he is now involved in sports and things like that. So I'm playing it by ear. So when yeah. he's able to talk a little better, he's four and he does have a, a speech delay because of him learning lang- different languages at a young age, thanks to his nanny. Um, so when he's able to communicate, whether he doesn't mind us leaving, we're going to be hopping on another plane. <laughs> now, actually, before we leave, because I forgot about the languages part. So your nanny taught him what? three different languages at one time. Wow. And are you going to try to keep that up for him? Um, my goal is if I don't move back, I want to sponsor her to move here to yeah. kind of keep that. I didn't really oh, know how to speak any of it. I know a little bit of Arabic, like the basics, but there's so many different dialects. Is kind of hard, um, but she also, t- um, I think I'm saying right, Tagalog is the one of the Filipino uh, languages. Um, so she would say English, Tagalog, and Arabic in one sentence sometimes. And that's that's such a that's huh? so wonderful. I hope that you can find a way to make that happen because that's huge for him to learn. So we still keep in contact with her. I call her on WhatsApp all the time. I told her I'm going to come and visit her in the summer. So I I still keep all the connections with all of the relationships that I've made over there. I have like lifelong friends that are still over there. They tell me all the time, Ashley, when you're ready, come on back. (laughs) (laughs) They're luring you back. Come on. You know you want to. You know you want to. Oh, I love it. I love it. I am so excited. I can't wait to hear where you end up and and, and follow you. And thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your experiences. I think, I mean, at least for teachers, I'm sure you've opened the door for other teachers who were just, had didn't realize it like you. So um, I hope that other teachers follow in your footsteps and, and are brave and, and experienced because you've just what amazing experiences. So good luck wherever you end up. Like I said, I look forward to following you and I thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's been great. Okay. Well, if you enjoyed the show, make sure to follow us on Facebook at Planes Trains Kids Abroad to get updates on upcoming podcasts, share your own overseas travel adventures, or ask questions from other parents who have traveled abroad. If you would like to join me as a guest on the show, please sign up at planestrainskidsabroad.com and help me to inspire other families to experience their own overseas travel adventures. I want to thank you for listening to the show and thank Ray Ortiz for providing music for the show. Until next time.